0: Welcome back to the breakdown. My name is Joe Rodonis, and with me is Ryan Turner. As always, how are you today, sir?
1: I'm doing good. Today is a good day.
0: Good. Yeah, it feels like a good day.
1: Yeah, it's post a storm. There's a storm yesterday. Did you well, really sure. realize this? There's all a, week. There was a storm yesterday. Was it all week? It feels like it. <laughs> Storms are coming, but I know that it was at least here yesterday. You mean like emotionally? or like maybe. rain maybe i think it was rain and some wind but emotions come from that as well sometimes <laughs> it feels like it's that strong but i feel like after the storm there's always a little light right
0: oh i see what you did there uh, yeah yeah i know honestly i
1: walked outside there was i have like a tree on my balcony that got blown over Um, And I was like, oh, that tree is going to be ruined now Really sorry to hear that No, but I pulled it up and it actually looked better than it ever has And I was like, okay, great What what a story about life I don't even have to be there (laughs) I was like, you're doing better without me The storm like knocked you over, you look good I'll just let you live your life You just
0: go through a little adversity and then look That tree got a little stronger, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was (laughs) good job tree Great work I know but yeah, it was uh, we
1: had we had notes coming in from our building. They're like, tie tie down your balcony. I was like, what? It was How like do you
0: tie down a whole balcony. You gotta tie down the balcony.
1: That's your job. Well, Joe, I don't think it's tying down the balcony. I think it's tying down the things that are on the balcony. All right. Well,
0: then you didn't say that though.
1: No, you're right. But I just thought you'd like know that. Nope. Okay. I just like the concrete structure, like where there's like rebar yeah. and then there's like
0: iron work around it. You thought so we were we, going to tie that down? Yeah, which didn't make sense because shouldn't that be secure already? I hope so. Actually, we, there is a building that just fell down in my neighborhood. See, we're in
1: New York. Yeah, you don't know, really so know. So you don't know. So you're right. <laughs> we really should keep that uh, more open. Check the it. integrity of that balcony. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what a great segue into today's topic. Just kidding. It makes no sense. We're going to be talking about vulnerability. <laughs> I guess it's about being honest or something. Um, I love this topic because yeah, you I to think, it
1: up. yeah, this is, this is just something where I think when people think about vulnerability, what do they think about first, or at least what I've seen people think about, and I've thought about it myself this way too, is fear and weakness,
0: right? Okay. If yeah. you're
1: vulnerable, you're weak. And then you don't become that, and especially I think just in in gender roles, you know, men aren't supposed to be as weak. And I think even in certain uh, in certain industries, you can call it fitness or something else, like people shouldn't be sharing emotions or showing like they shouldn't have their heart on their sleeve because if you do, then you're a weak person. Mm. And that's not just like showing that you're sad or you know, it's not crying in public. It's also like showing anger and telling someone that hey, I'm that that made me angry. Right. And like being able to kind of show that you're vulnerable and someone did kind of get under your skin a little bit. But I think being vulnerable is so important because I think that it opens up doors and I think it opens up avenues and I think it really starts to help you connect with other people. And I said this to you before is that I believe that being vulnerable actually makes you more resilient because people understand more about you. You understand more about yourself. Mm-hmm. You know how to balance back from certain scenarios. Maybe you know certain scenarios that you might have to uh, approach in a different way so that you don't become so, um, that you can just handle it better, right? Mm-hmm. I think being vulnerable is so important in so many ways to learn more about yourself. And the more that you kind of pent up uh, a lot of the things that you maybe think are weak or that you shouldn't show... I think that it can become a very toxic environment inside of your head because you're not living your best life for yourself. You're living your life for other people, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it's 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 something that I ask a lot of my clients to do. I want them to be vulnerable. What is it that you weren't able to do well this week? And if someone sits there, you know, from a nutrition standpoint and said, well, I did everything well. I didn't do anything wrong. Or bad, I'm like, that's not how life works. Like, you, I know that you didn't do things well or else you wouldn't be asking for help. You wouldn't be like, you wouldn't need the support that I'm here to give you. Mm. I want you to be vulnerable and I want you to have messed up. I want you to have taken this time to find the things that you're not good at so that we can maybe be able to find solutions for that. Yeah, I feel right. That. So anyway, that's a little bit of a rant,
0: but uh, I it's such an important part of life. It Well, I think it, it is a bridge to connection. Mm-hmm. I think it's a bridge to true connection because- I do feel that we connect more with other humans by recognizing their struggles because you can relate to that. I think you can, it humanizes someone. You realize nobody's perfect. You've gone through hard times. You feel weak at moments, right? You have doubts or you've been through some things or you struggle with certain things, right? You've been. Scared to talk about, and as soon as you open up about these things and you're honest about them, that allows for a bond to be created. I think between two people, because you are exposing yourself, right? Sure. So it takes a great de- to me, that takes a great deal of courage, because exposure is just straight up scary. It's it's honestly terrifying, and the reason why that is is because we want to be accepted right? You want to be accepted. I think you want to be seen, you want to be validated. And so, you know, when sometimes you'll be inauthentic to create that kind of connection and to try and fit in with people. And I think when you go that route, what you understand is that you don't allow for authentic connection to happen. So, you're living a lie. You feel like a fraud. You're making friends with people that aren't really your friends because you're not being who you really authentically are, right? And then when you're vulnerable and you're being honest about who you are, about what you're about, the struggles that you may be facing, there is a risk that the people you're currently around will not accept that. And that's where the fear I think comes in. Mm -hmm. But the reward is that the right people will then come into your life and see who you actually are. And then when you bring those people into your life, it's more rewarding because it feels like they're aligned, like they should be here, right? They accept your full authentic being, right? And then you also don't need validation from other people because like when you can be vulnerable, like you self-accept, right? Sure. Why is it so hard, you think, culturally for men to, to be vulnerable? I think it comes back it
1: just comes back to that to that weakness standpoint and I think that we are able to develop things more I think just move on as a culture and understand that we're not all going to be these tough minded individuals. I think it comes down to gender roles as well. I you know I think people assume that, you know, in a in a you know, a heterosexual relationship, there needs to be someone stronger and it's always going to be the man. And if it's not, then that man is failing, right? It's failure. No one wants to fail. Um, so I think people just put on that face. They put on a front and they, they try and fit the role that society wants them to be able to kind of fit into. And for someone to say, no, you know what? I have an anger problem. I have... Um, I am weak. I am, I'm sad all the time. I'm depressed. I'm a really anxious person. I'm not able to handle that job. I can't do, I can't do that. I get, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm worried. Like that's just, people think that that is some, that's not how men should be. Yeah. Right. I mean, I almost kind of feel like it's a, it's a non question anymore. I think that, that's just in my world and I think I'm I'm actually wrong with that because I think that there are a lot of men who still think that they're not allowed to show emotion they're not allowed to be weak Um, but it's so important I think something that there is um, like opening up going to therapy I think that you know this is something that a lot of people have been a little bit more open about and sharing with other people no I do I do go see a therapist I do kind of share what my emotions are because I need to understand myself better to become a better person in society, become a better parent, to become a better um, husband, to become a better boyfriend, become a better son, to become a better, um, you know, just a person in in the community, like whatever it's going to be. I think that we need to be able to understand ourselves better. And that's just, I think, where vulnerability comes from. And I want to go back to the thing you mentioned with connection. Yeah. And I think that allows people to to open up even more, I, I was listening to, and we'll bring her up now because you and I, I think, both love her, and if she was here, we probably would just listen to her for hours, but Brene Brown, Absolutely. right? She is an amazing uh, speaker, she's just an amazing person all around, but there was a dynamite conversation, two people, Brene Brown and Judd Apatow. It was a. It was. It was great hearing them talk specifically about vulnerability, and it was more about how we connect with people. And if you've ever seen a Judd Apatow film before, it very much gets into. You know, the human connection or like the real side of life, right? It shows mm. like the boredom and the monotony. It shows the mistakes that people make in life too, right? I think what they were talking about, they were talking about um, the movie This Is 40. I think Paul Rudd is yeah. in it, right? yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah. And they were it was it it's good. It shows that life is not always great. And in fact, a lot of it was not. It was like, oh, like that's 40. Like <laughs> no one wants no no one thinks it's gonna be that because we all think it's gonna be you know, rainbows and butterflies, the kids are going to be perfect, we're going to be financially secure, living in the best house, eating the best food, we're still going to be fit, right? We're not going to end up having gained weight, we're not going to feel unhealthy. And so it wasn't that at all, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the one situation they were talking about, and how that they connect with people and showing that people are vulnerable was when I think Paul Rudd would sneak into the bathroom, and he would spend time on the <laughs> toilet just playing his, um, he was just playing uh, games on his on his on his phone. Yeah, I remember that. Right, and I think that it is there's sadness in that because he like that was his escape. His escape was getting away from his family, right. hiding in the bathroom, playing a video game, and that will uh, that was like his little vacation, like yeah. his little sanctuary. And yeah. it's like, oh God, if you think about it now, you're like, I'm gonna hide from my family with my pants down, sitting on the toilet playing a video game. But yeah, that's kind of it, right? So, showing the vulnerability of like or showing how other people are dealing with life, it allows you then to open up. And what they were talking about is, if you've ever seen a Judd Apatow movie, you've probably had a range of emotions, but a lot of that emotion comes from humor. So you see that kind of thing and you laugh about it. And why are you laughing? Because you've been there too. It's relatable. Yeah, Yeah, right? yeah for sure. And so, so many of his movies are like that. Yeah. And so many of his TV shows as well. I think Freaks and Geeks is probably one show that a lot of people... I never watched a lot, but I know that a lot of people, when they talk about Judd Apatow, that's kind of how they they kind of came into um, his world. But a lot of like what he's doing is he's helping you connect with humanity because he's showing that vulnerable side of people mm-hmm. that they don't want to show. They don't They mm-hmm. They don't. They don't want to show, well, my marriage isn't perfect and I don't always want to be around my family. I don't always want to be around my kids, right? But it's just a human, it's human. You're being human right. and just showing that it allows you to be like, okay, let's talk about this, right? right? And it makes you feel okay. And I think that's so important. It's that validation.
0: It, we are all human. So, so there's so much more. I uh, re, because of like Brene's work, which is groundbreaking, right? And it's being talked about now and socialized. We're understanding that this is a human thing. It doesn't matter how quote unquote macho you are, man, woman alike. We deal with this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. We all have this need for wanting to discuss and be vulnerable and share. And if you're not, Right, she talks about shame a lot, right? And you feel shame. I think that's like her main right is her research on shame. Yeah, I
1: think that's where she became right, her TED talk that's where she came out of.
0: And like we all feel some way about that stuff with something in our life to where we're we're ashamed to open up or show who we are about something. And so it takes away that connection because you feel like you're hiding something. And so like what you're talking about with like um Uh, escaping, like where he's like, you know, playing games when he's escaping to the bathroom. Uh, That's numbing, right? So you're numbing yourself, you're escaping yourself. And like, I have examples of doing it too. Like when I'm young, you know, people turn to alcohol and drinking and maybe go into the club. So you're not ever really facing who you are or sharing who you are. Instead, you're just numbing how you feel about things and drinking yourself to where you don't have to feel or face it. Like it happens far too often. Yeah, And I think it's finally starting to come out, like at least in our generation and again, being more talked about, like when I think about like my dad's generation, yo, that's the ultimate macho man. Like that dude didn't talk about anything. (laughs) My dad (laughs) talked about nothing, (laughs) right? He didn't share shit. I saw him cry twice (laughs) in my life twice. I know that man went through some shit, but he didn't talk about it. And you know, as he got older he started to open up a little bit And yeah. you realize like He is internalizing so much That you never open up And then like how terrible that feels Yeah, Right when I keep things inside Bottom line you just feel bad yeah. And then what happens is you feel alone And then you have to turn to something You have to turn to some type of Numbing device to allow yourself To not think about it That's why yeah. people are drinking such a common one Drugs sure. are common one right those are the extremes of things But when you open up Connection is formed. Totally. You have, yeah. like a bond is created because you're like, yo, I respect what you're going through. I hear you. You're seen, right? You're heard and then you can bridge the gap. Therapy, what you talk, I want to go back to that. I'm so open about this because like I went to therapy Yeah, and I, I am a huge proponent of it. I think that it is something that people need to do throughout their life. It's got a bad, I think it's got a bad rep like maybe again, going back to like my dad's kind of era, you go to therapy because you're messed up. Yeah. Right. Something's wrong. You're a little cuckoo. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's that kind of therapy. Sure. But like, really, it's about when I went to therapy, it was I was such a scared kid when like growing up, I was just a scared, timid, kind of shy guy, you know, and I was scared about being open about like what I enjoyed. And it's simple stuff like even working out as much as I love to do it. I actually felt bad about admitting how much I liked to do it. People I was uh, that I was around at the time would make me feel bad about it. Yeah, like they're like, "You work out too much. Why do you eat so healthy? Enjoy life, live a little." And at the time, like I was just susceptible to hearing that peer pressure and being like, "Oh, you guys don't like that. You guys like to drink and stuff more than anything." So like. I'm just going to be quiet about it. And then when I do work out, I feel kind of guilty. Like maybe I shouldn't be doing this. I should be out. Yeah. There were all kinds of things, but like you talk to a therapist, you just get these thoughts out, you understand. And it's like, you can understand where your thoughts are coming from, why you're doing what you're doing, that it's okay to be feeling how you're feeling. Yeah. Right. You can feel sad. You can feel down. You can feel disconnected. It doesn't define you, right? Their emotions, just get them out. We're all human beings. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was, uh, I had a moment like that. The first, my first experience with a therapist um, was when I was in grad school and I had, uh, I had my friends that were very much progressing through their professional life. And I always thought grad school was just, you know, it was holding me back. My, my alarm is going off. You know what this is for?
0: Perfect. What's that for?
1: I gotta, I gotta make sure my, uh, my, my parking, I get a parking ticket. Oh, so good. I'm going to have to take care of that. Okay. That'll be good. How much are parking tickets these days? In New York? You know? $100. Who knows? Yeah, I know. I'd rather spend 12 bucks instead of getting $100. So I'm going to do this as I'm talking. My first experience with a therapist was actually a social worker when I was in grad school over at NYU. And I had a lot of my friends that were in their professional career. And they were really kind of, they were, they were, they were successful. And so they were able to kind of do their nine to five. Yeah. And then they would, you know, it was going out and drinking, chasing girls, all that kind of stuff. I, I thought I had to keep up with that. I felt like I did because those were my friends. Right. Right. And so then the drinking would come in, but really I'm in grad school and the amount of studying that I had to do and, you know, had the focus that I needed, it was like, I was tearing myself apart. And so it wasn't until, you know, I felt that something was wrong. I didn't know what it was. And so I needed to be vulnerable in that moment and just kind of be like, I don't know. And like, I don't have an answer and Mm. I don't even know what to ask you right now, but I need some support here. And what we kind of got down to was that I was trying to fit myself into a group of people that wasn't exactly, you know, what was good for me in that moment. But I was like, but if I'm not in that group of people, then I don't have a people. Yeah, up. that's rubber, why I was right, 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 so right. afraid of it. Yeah, but yeah. she was like, look, it's okay to have your drinking friends, right? The, when you have the time. And then you can also, you might have to create your other people, right? Yeah. And I, I felt like, oh, you just have people. That's it. You can't have other friends. You can't move outside of that. And so that was a little bit helpful for me. And in fact, I remember, and this is how, not the best way to be, but I I, I can just self-isolate well, which is not saying it's good but I can self-isolate. So I would get like text messages from them being like, Hey, we're going out and drinking. And I wouldn't respond. Not that I'm saying that's the right, the right thing, but that was my way of dealing with that moment. And it did, it It actually supported me They'd be like, well, yeah. you know, you're not coming out and drinking with us right now. We're not, you know, we're going out and I'm like, you know what? I'm in grad school. I don't have that money even. And I was even afraid at that point to be like, I don't have the money to keep up with you guys. That was hard for me. Mm. Right. So it wasn't until I was kind of vulnerable and, um, you know, I was, I was almost using like, like student loan money to kind of, go out and kind of like like go party and drink yeah. and so uh, I needed to just kind of be like you know what I can't like I don't have this this is not who I am right now
0: yeah which is a scary thing where I was I was kind of like that when I was younger too um, you just you want to fit into a group so you're doing these things to appeal to them and to fit in and what you talked about I think was really important too because there there is this gap like when you are around a certain peer group, that is your current peer group. and you're trying to maybe open up and be authentic, right? and you realize like, oh man, maybe we're not into the same things or I want to operate a little bit differently, et cetera. There's that, there's that period, like I went through it where changing your peer group into something that you think may be a little bit more aligned with who you are or honest with who you are. Um, it's a little scary in the beginning because like then I, I didn't have that peer group just come out of nowhere. It's like I had a certain group of friends that like to drink, go out, all that kind of stuff. Corporate world, it was that life. And then I want to transition to a peer group that's more into like, you know, training, reading, doing you know, just doing things like hiking, like a totally different culture. And I didn't know who those people were yet. So you're leaving like your current peer group and then there's this period of you're almost kind of alone. Like there's an independent period, I think. we scary? Yeah, it is. Because you are literally alone. And I think that that's where this... Fear with vulnerability can kind of come into because you want to be a part of something and belong to something. And when you're going through this transition, you're kind of just doing what you need to do to fit in with your current peer group because you don't want to be alone and go through that period of transition. Mm -hmm. But once you open up, I'm not saying it's easy, I'm just saying that it's worth it. You go through this period of independence and you realize I'm enough. You develop a relationship with yourself to where you're great. By yourself yeah, because you give yourself all the validation you need. And then when you bring people into your life and attract people based on what you value and who you are and you own that and you don't apologize for that anymore, then the right people come into your life and then you don't need those people. It's just something that you enjoy because you want to share experience with, experiences with people yeah. versus before it felt like, you need these people so you're not alone. So it's from a weaker place versus a stronger place of like I re- you're more selective. So you can be like, do we align with our values? Do you accept who I am? Because I accept who I am. And if you don't, that's great. That's fine. Do what you got to do. But it's not coming off as like I need you. Yeah, It's just I want you.
1: I think people too are afraid of themselves. I think people are afraid to be by themselves because they think that they're not enough and if they might yeah, sure. they might discover more things about themselves than they want to right but that's all about that vulnerability and understanding you know what you might and i think you're looking at your values you're like okay well i guess you know i wanted to be i wanted to be a really good person i wanted yeah. to be uh, a person that can support anybody. I want to listen really well, but you know what? I spend some time with myself, and I don't like listening to people. I like being by myself. I realize that, or you know what? I get. I'm, I'm a really angry person, yeah. and it's like, damn. Okay, I just realized that I'm not who I thought I was. That's okay,
0: but it's hard to accept that. I think like it's it's so simple to say now, as I've kind of just. I guess, learned along the way, but these are human problems like that every single human in the history of existence battles with. Mm -hmm. Right. And when I'm younger, I was like, I felt like it was a me problem. And that was one of the things that I went to therapy about. Like I was like, something's wrong with me. Like, why don't I fit in? Why don't I want to do these things? Why don't I want to hang out with these friends? Why do I like this so much? Like what is wrong? with me. Shouldn't I like these things? And then like, why do I feel like I'm not enough? Why am I insecure about these things? And you're like, as you just become aware and I, this is, we all deal with it. We all deal with it. And I think there's something kind of comforting about that to understand that we're all all kind of battling a little bit with even self-worth and how you love yourself and that what that journey is like to get there, mm-hmm. right? And you get better over time, right? You're easier on yourself. You kind of understand. You accept yourself and what you're about. Um, and like separating emotions from who you are as an identity, that was a big Can lesson that, that I heard. All right, so I used to feel that I was like my emotions, Okay. So if I'm sad, it's like I'm sad I'm a sad person,
1: oh instead of like right now. Like I'm sad right now instead of saying it's that. It's just an emotion. Yeah.
0: It doesn't define me. Yeah. Right? It's a separation of the two. Yeah. So uh like it was explained to me uh that it's not just on you like how you feel could be a response to your environment that you're around. It could also be you and how you're viewing something, but it could also be biological, like how you ate, slept, all those things. So can you take in all those factors that it's not just you as an individual, right? It could be a toxic person that's in your life that's making you feel a certain emotion. It could be something bad that happened at work that makes you feel a certain emotion. But just because you're sad for a moment in time doesn't mean that you are a sad person
1: does that make sense? Yeah. It's kind of like an all or nothing mentality a little bit for some people because they feel like if if I've just become sad, then I am going to be sad forever, right? Yeah. Or if I'm angry, I don't want to show anger because then I'm forever angry and it's not. You are in that moment, right? Just right? something happened. Yeah. And it's okay. And you have to be able to break that kind of thing right. down.
0: So with vulnerability, going back to a little bit of what you said uh, earlier, I think that there's, there's like kind of these evolutions that happen. So like being seen when I think you're maybe a little bit younger and insecure, I, I had this realization. I think a lot of people, we all, we want to feel validated. We want to be loved and accepted. Bottom line, like it's a human need, right? When I think you're insecure about some things and you're not kind of leading with authentic self, I even found myself wanting to aim for goals that were centered around success with, like, money, fame, fortune, things, right? And, like, being known. And I realized how weak of a position that was. And even in the career that I used to have, and we talked about this in therapy, too. My therapist would say, you know, you would be surprised how many, like, CEOs and millionaires feel, feel like frauds. Yeah because of where they've gotten, because they've gone this route without being who they really authentically were. Like maybe their parents had this company and it was handed off to them. So they became a CEO. And then when they got there, they were like, I don't feel like I belong here. This isn't me. I didn't earn this. I didn't work for this, et cetera. Or you're in an industry that you're not actually passionate about, but you climb the ladder and everything was given to you. So they literally feel like frauds. So you don't feel happy or fulfilled. Yeah, this is this is a great topic, and I think it can be
1: actually live on its own, kind of like imposter syndrome, um, that a lot of people kind of feel. Yeah. When it's uh, and I was actually talking with my wife about this, and she she brought this. I was actually asking her for topics that we can kind of talk about, and she and she brought this up, especially in a time when. We are having a lot of challenges. Let's say put ourselves in the position of the CEO that you were just talking about, and they have a challenge. Maybe the business was handed over to them, and now it's failing, right? Yeah. Um, and they might feel like, well, I have to be strong, you know, like my like my parents were when they had this company, and I'm going to know what to do. But maybe you don't and now you need to ask for help or in this kind of time of um of uncertainty you know with quarantine with covid and all that kind of stuff too we have people therapists that are supposed to be uh really strong and they're supposed to kind of know exactly what to do in these kind of moments but we're all dealing with our own shit right and so it's really hard to be able to support other people when you're still trying to support yourself mm. maybe you're in i when, when, whenever I talk to clients, I always try and kind of listen to what's going on with them for that week or that kind of time period. And I always want to know whether they're in kind of what I call a survival mode, yeah, maintenance mode, or a push mode. Uh-huh. Right? Push mode is always fun. That's where you're going to be able to see someone like progressing in terms of say like muscle gain or body fat loss like and a lot of people are there for a lot of their time but some people during this time they're kind of in survival they're just still trying to figure out how to actually get through with kind of like working remotely or not seeing their family they're having a really hard time with it or some people are kind of in maintenance after some time like nope I think I've gotten used to Uh, I've gotten used to kind of this new, this new life that we have right now. So there's someone who it's like, okay, well then why don't we try and maintain small goals? Right. And then you can continue to make progress. Mm -hmm. But if I'm now trying to ask someone to kind of be in push mode, okay, no, you gotta, you gotta keep moving through. You gotta, you know, eat healthier. Okay. So you're going to eat healthy right now, but they're still on the side of like, I'm trying to wake up every morning in a good mood. Okay. So then I'll try and help them kind of through that moment. And Mm -hmm. like, well, what can you do nutritionally? Right now, that's going to help you in where you are in that mindset, in that in that kind of uh, survival mode. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so, I think that there's a lot of practitioners out there that are currently trying to maybe take those kind of ideas and help people apply that to themselves. But really, a lot of those practitioners they're in survival mode in their own life. It's really hard, and so those people they're feeling like I am I'm weak. I You know what? I feel like I shouldn't be in this position. How am I supposed to help people right now if I can't help myself? Yeah, sure. It's like no, no, no. You definitely can. But I think bringing it back to vulnerability. Yeah. If you allow yourself to be vulnerable and say, you know what, I am a practitioner, I'm a therapist or a trainer or a dietitian, and you know what, I'm I'm here to help people, but I still I need to reach out and say like, you know what. I'm trying to still wake up every morning myself. Okay, so reach out to a therapist, reach out to a friend, reach out, like let someone know that you're having a hard time, because that can now make you stronger. Of course. As a as a practitioner, as a therapist or whoever it's gonna
0: be. We all need this. Right? support. But it,
1: if you end up holding that in, that's where I think it can become toxic and you can start to really like tear apart your self worth.
0: Dude, it eats away at you. Yeah. And like so when we talk about being vulnerable to me, like in my own experience, it was it's a feeling process. So let's imagine because being vulnerable is scary, so it's like, why would you want to do it, right? Like, really, when I'm when I'm younger, I'm like, why would I want to be vulnerable? This is scary as hell. And the rationalization that I kind of came up with because it's it's this feeling thing of like it became so painful to not be vulnerable because maybe I was fitting into a mold that I didn't belong in, and in that world, like when I was in my corporate job, I could fake it for a long time, and I was trying to fit into this mold for a while. But I reached a breaking point where I'm like, this is so painful for me as an individual to fit this mold that like I do not feel like I belong in or to hang out with these friends and doing these activities that I don't feel that I belong in or authentic that you don't want to keep going that route. It's literally exhausting. To where I reached a breaking point where you feel like you have no choice but to be honest and authentic and start living in congruence with that, Mm -hmm. right? When you hit that point where it's too painful to stay, Then I think there's power in that too, where the fear kind of goes away, where you're like, yeah, you're still scared, but the the pain of not doing it is too much anyways. Sure. So the beauty of this is, again, it's not easy, but the beauty and the reward of it all is that it sure, it takes time, but success, however you define it, whether it be money, fame, notoriety, whatever it is, I think those things now become... uh, maybe a byproduct of you living an authentic life. And, and then also you're not worried about those things really happening. Like I've noticed that like once you're kind of authentic, you are self-accepted, you love who you are and what you're about and you're leading with that, you're leading with that. Then if you get all the money in the world or all the prestige, it doesn't really matter. You're like, okay, cool. But one, you also don't feel like a fraud. You feel like you kind of earned it because you're like, I'm here. I've been doing the right things. And like, this has been my path. Yeah. But then you also don't need it to validate you. Yeah. Whereas in the reverse, if you're not living that kind of authentic, vulnerable path, like you need success, validate in like fame, notoriety to feel worthy. Mm-hmm. And that's just a weak, insecure place. And then you feel like a fraud. You know what I'm yeah. saying?
1: Yeah. This is kind of like a like fake it till you make it kind of thing.
0: Um... I think it might be
1: a little bit different. <laughs> I think that's where my mind was going when you were saying that. Like someone trying, like it feels inauthentic right when you kind of, you made it so to speak, right? Like you're chasing, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to change what you just said, but I was just when I was, I was like, okay, well yeah, maybe it is somebody that is, they're being inauthentic to themselves. They're trying to fake it cause they should, they they need to, right? Cause you got to drink, you got to go out, you got to be social, but yeah. like I got to work out. And then you kind of get to that point and you feel like, okay, well, I made it. Now this is not, I'm
0: not happy. So I think it, this is how I would describe it in different words. It's okay. what you lead with, with your personality. How do you meet people and what do you lead with? So insecure me would say, um, Hey, what's up? I'm, I'm a model. I am a VP of sales at XYZ company. I make this much. And like, I have a sick ass fucking house. Yeah. You don't know who I am, but like, I am all these things. And okay. then you go, oh, cool, man. That's really impressive. But like me, vulnerable in who I am, I go, I'm Joe. I lo- like I'm here. Tell me about you. Mm-hmm. And I'm leading with personality and just authentic connection. You may learn about these things that I'm doing, but I'm not leading with accomplishments and things. I'm leading with person. Yeah. Just I who you. I am. I don't need your validation with titles and cars and clothes. Yeah. And there are so many people and I I get it, but we put up a front. You put up like this mask of all these things you want people to see. You see it on social media all the time. You're not going to get to know me, but you're going to see my photos and how cool I look or like the things that I'm doing that I'm not actually doing. Yeah. But I want you to see this shit and how cool my life is because I'm so scared of you actually getting to know who I really am and liking that. Yeah. Okay. Right. Sure. But the stronger position is well, I. I'm very happy with who I am. Yeah. And I like what I do. So I'm just gonna go ahead and lead with that. And if you don't like it, well, okay. So rejection. You show who you are, and
1: people are afraid of that rejection. Of course, they don't know what to do with it. Right.
0: That's have that's you the ever, fear of vulnerability, being accepted.
1: Yeah. Have you ever have you ever shown yourself like really well? You're like, this is who I am. Putting everything out there. Well, I think completely- I lead with that these days. Yeah. Has, has it, has it, I, I'm going to say failed, that makes it sound wrong, but has it, has who you were not fit into the snare and you're like, well, like, great, I'm glad, I'm glad that you saw who I was and
0: it's just not going to work. Yeah. Now it just becomes, you're not upset about it. You're just like, okay, yeah, then you're almost, you're, you're just, you're more grateful because I don't have to waste my time and my energy on this thing or person. Yeah. Right. A job interview. It's a great example, mm-hmm. right? If you go in and just fit, it's, it's actually a really great example. If you. If you have never done sales, whatever, and you're going into a job that you just want to have, and you're saying I'm all that, you just fit the job description. Like you yeah. read the job description, yeah, and you say, oh yeah, I'm a hard worker. I do all these things, and you hit the bullet sure. points, yeah. Versus going in and they ask you like, how do you sell? And you're like, well, here's what I do. Yeah. This is what I like to do. I go about things this way. My values are this and that and the other. Yeah. If you're honest about it, then at least the hiring manager could be like. Well, okay, those don't align with our values. That's not yeah. how we do things here. Yeah. and then you can just be like, okay, yeah. If they don't accept you, then with the job, you could be, you could, you could just walk your way and be like, this wouldn't be a good fit anyway. So thank you. Yeah, and you're good onto the thing that's going to align. Because you're you're not, not going to be happy.
1: Two two things here. Whenever I'm kind of talking with someone who's a potential client, I always want to be really straight up with them of what I offer, right? And it's like 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 one thing that I'm yeah. not, I do not give them right away. Is going to be like, because a lot of people who are like, oh, you're just going to give me like a meal plan for two months and I'm good, right? And I'm like, that's not how I work, right? Yeah. yeah. So, like, you need to understand why I'm recommending something to you. you. You have to understand how these foods react with your body, how you yeah. react to them, if you like them, if you don't. And we develop a way of eating from that side of it, because the other way, there's just so much failure involved in it. So, if someone comes to me, they're like, well, that's what I want. I'm like, well, that's not what I'm going to give, but you're a great person. You know what? We're not going to work together. Yeah, just be
0: honest up front
1: because if I get into that and I did recently, I had a guy, I was, I was actually just trying to kind of push myself. He is, I think, a, a successful lawyer in the city and I usually ask people to work with me for at least two months, right? Because it takes time to kind of see the progression, the, you know, get to the goal that they want to, but I, but I, I accepted that he wanted to do it for a month Yeah. and he was looking more for like a meal plan. And I knew that he was, and I tried to fit myself into what he wanted. I wasn't happy and I think he was okay, but I don't think he was a hundred percent happy. Yeah. And I knew that at, I should have said up front, be like, I'm not like, that's not who I am. Right. I had to be really, really, really strict with it. Mm. And what, but what I was, I was afraid of was maybe not being able to kind of, I would lose him and lose money. Right. But really I wish that I could have not taken the money. And then been happier and had that place for someone else. That would have been good for me. The other thing that (laughs) this is, you were bringing up the job before. Yeah. Um, The uh, MSG, right? So uh, Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And specifically for a lot of the executives and specifically for James Dolan, there was a job description put out for a dietitian to come work with the executives. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, great. I get to work with the executives. I get to understand like where like their past medical history is, how they want to eat. I can help make them healthier and like happy. And so um, I was like, oh, this is really cool. I'm going to walk in and I'm going to show them. So I got an interview. Uh, I had, I had a phone interview first and like, I really, I talked about what I thought the job was. And the person that had screened me was like, you're a great fit. This is perfect. Like, I'm so excited, but I must've not asked the right questions because then I go into round two and I'm in the office and um, I have this, um, it was like James Dolan's like right hand person. And she's asking me, like, what I do, and I'm describing myself as a dietitian, how I'm able to understand how food fits into someone's, like, mm-hmm. medical history and kind of, like, I can help them, you know, uh, eat a certain way and all this kind of stuff, too. And she's like, but have you actually given white gloves service? And I'm like, that's a what, weird question. Like, what do you... Okay, so yeah, you know what, uh, white glove service. Okay, so you know I've really you know I've had like VIP clients and I've really helped them out and blah blah blah. Yeah, but have you have you understood how to actually like serve them? And I'm like, what is she talking about? And I'm like, okay, serving. Okay, well, I, you know, I, I've I've worked in some good restaurants, right? When I was in college, like I was working in some great restaurants in the city, so I guess I've served people. And she's like. Okay. But like, have you actually like, you know, like you know how to like prepare the food and like give them the food and put it in front of them. And like, you know how to like, you know, like if you go through like a five course meal and I'm like, this person does not know what a dietitian is. Right. And I was like, and I told her that and I was like, I think uh, we're not looking the right way. I, I showed her things that I've created and how I can help people, but she was looking for a server. Right. And it was like, she totally was not giving, like, the 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 job description was just not there. Now, what I could have done is I could have tried to fit myself into that and be like, okay, I will be here and I will just serve, I, I will be a waiter. Yeah. That's what they were looking for. They that's, were looking for a waiter that understood food. That's great. But it was something where, like, I needed to be like, this is not what dietitians do. And it's definitely not what i do. Not I'm what I do. do. So mm-hmm. I'm going to now have to bow out of this. So and thank say, you for thank having you. me in here. She looked later. confused as like, and so it was just something where like, I guess I'm not really positive how this turns back to vulnerability, but it was something where like, I had to let someone know that like, that's not who I am.
0: It's just about being honest, with what you are, yeah. where your standards are even, and then being okay with walking away from it. Yeah. I think it, there's got to be this place of being okay with being alone and not allowing something to be in your life too. Mm-hmm. I think like there's that moment when you want self acceptance so bad that you would accept something into your life that maybe shouldn't be there. You don't really want be there just to have community around you kind of a deal, which yeah. I, which I get. But if you're doing that, you know, it's probably, you need to check in and be, there might be that period where you have to be okay with being alone rather than being in the wrong situation. And like, dude, that turns into relationships too. Like how many people stay in bad relationships because they're scared of being alone, mm-hmm. right? So you're not being vulnerable, like how you feel about the situation or being honest about it. And instead you keep a situation around instead of like create the space, be alone. You have to get rid of something to allow the right thing to enter. But to do that, you have to be able to give your yourself enough respect To where you're like, I literally am okay by myself. I do not need other people. I do not need a job. I do not need other things to like bring me fulfillment. Right? Or you're okay with sitting in a space by yourself to allow for the right thing to come in. Yeah. So the other thing with vulnerability that I thought was interesting that I wanted to talk about was like the idea of perfectionism. Sure. That we hide vulnerability or being exposed through perfectionism. And I was like... Maybe sometimes I'm still guilty of that too. I don't know if you are trying to fin it make projects perfect or present yourself perfectly. Yeah. Instead of just being who you are. Yeah. All messy and everything. And you know what this uh-huh.
1: is? I think that perfectionism, um, I think it holds so many people back because it is and this is this is great for video and social media content. Like, have you ever filmed a video and you're like, no, 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 that wasn't good enough. Yeah. And then you end up doing 12 videos and you just spent three hours doing a three minute video and you're like, my God. And then you you never get shit out. Exactly. But you know what? When I, this is how I always thought about it or how I think about it now at least is that there's someone else out there. They're just accepting their fault and they're just putting the video out there. And you know, those people like this podcast. Just like this. This isn't the most perfect podcast. Like we know this. But for you guys to understand,
0: this is our first take and will be our only take. We're not re-recording this.
1: (laughs) And you, but I think the thing is you grow from this kind of thing. Or like sometimes like I am the typo king. Like there's so, like, I, I look back, I'm like, how the hell did I not catch that typo? Like I, I just, I've stopped proofreading and that's not good, but you know what? If I do go back to like, I probably texted you before, like, I think he's drunk. Um, but, like, <laughs> but it's something where I know that if I go back and I, and I proofread and I overthink something, that I'm never going to hit send or I'm never going to hit enter. And it's like, just put it out there and show that I'm vulnerable and I'm not as smart as I think I am. Like I'm not, I don't have all the information, but the fact is that I'm putting my information out there. I'm putting my face out there. I'm being vulnerable. I'm showing that I don't have all the answers and I'm not perfect. And I'm happy with that. Yeah. I think that looks authentic versus someone who has this like perfect video
0: right? That's what you kind of, that's what you realize, man. Like being on camera and doing all the stuff that we do on social is a great example because what you realize is if you're trying to make the video so perfect, I I just don't think people connect to it as much versus if you actually show some of your flaws or stumbles, you know, not, I mean, you don't want to be over the top with that either, but if you know, if you, if you miss a beat, people are like, okay, he's a human being. Yeah, and I think how you
1: deal with that too. I just, I think that I think that perfection is the killer of all progress. It right? is. It is. And so you you being able to kind of roll with the punches in that way too. Like you make a mistake. Like I think I was mentioning to you. And I'm probably not going to go as deep into this right now. But that I used to I used to stutter pretty heavily as mm. a as a kid, um, and it would always hold me back from actually wanting to speak. Like, well, no, I mean, let me correct that. I always wanted to speak. I always wanted to share my opinion. I always wanted to be part of the conversation. But I became afraid to. Because I didn't want to hear some I didn't want somebody to hear me stutter and then them judge me based on that, because I was like, they're hearing my stutter. They're not hearing my content. Yeah. Right. And so it wasn't until I learned to stutter and then like laugh it off a little bit. Or stutter and just push through and be like, "Oh my gosh, I just I'm, I'm a mess today, right?" Just being able to laugh at yourself and understand that you're not going to be perfect. And I thought that when I spoke, I needed to sound as perfect as the guy before me, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Or the girl that was going to speak after me, and it was just not going to be that way. And I needed to accept that that's what that's what that's who I was, mm. and then. It, once I did, I was like, oh, I'm just going to gonna go ahead. I started on camera. I don't care. Like, let, me, let me laugh it off. Right. But it makes you more resilient in that way.
0: And once you accept that and you get to that spot, it's funny, like how everything we want is like self-acceptance, right? Love to be a part of a community, that type of deal. Mm-hmm. And when you're scared of being vulnerable, you want those things so bad that you try to like fit in and you don't receive it. And then the second that you're like, fuck it, I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to be vulnerable and honest. You get those things, yeah, right, like all that comes, right, the love the uh, the authenticity with it you it creates those bonds and those connections with people, yeah, right, yeah, like the more honest I am in the gym as a coach training, and I acknowledge my flaws and setbacks and struggles, yeah, the more the community has a chance to connect, that's how I've connected with coaches that I enjoy, yeah because like I'll see people that like man they're a human being like they have faults too and the second they're honest with it I respect them even more as a leader those are the people that in any company I've been with right the ones that hide and try to be perfect with who they are or don't or don't share who they are I I never really fully get there with them right but the one that is honest and says yeah I'm struggling with this today you know, um, this is a real thing. Like, I know how you feel. There's empathy in it. I will run through a wall for those people. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause I'm like, I I know where you're coming from. You got a good heart. You know, we all have our faults and like, but I know that you're, you're, you know, we, you, you understand me, we see each other and then you'll just work harder for those people. Totally. And as, as
1: a, as a leader, you want to be able to help people that are looking you, looking at you as a leader to be able to, Open up when they have a problem as well, yeah. right? You want to be able to show as a leader that you're that you're always working on something. There's always self improvement. There's always something you know that you're not doing perfect. Because when that person looking up to you, whether it's going to be um, you know someone under you like uh, like an employee, whether it's going to be a child, whether it's going to be a friend, um, you want them to be able to now say, okay, I'm not doing this perfectly, right? Because mm-hmm. now you're breeding people that are going to be a lot more open. And a lot more willing to accept feedback. You, yeah. I think, as a leader need to be able to accept that feedback and understand that you're vulnerable. You want to make sure that you are just being human.
0: Yeah. It's at the end of the day, that's it. And I think we're starting, I don't know, I think it's just becoming more apparent that if you're if you're not being honest and you're trying to put up this perfect kind of veil of who you are, that I think whether you're aware of it or not, people sense that out as inauthentic right maybe they can't consciously understand that you're being inauthentic, but there's like a vibration about it totally man right
1: this is like people that are and and i don't want to tear people people apart that are like this but people that are always happy like i always like how are you always happy like i don't (laughs) i don't want to like i don't want to tear your happiness down but i'm like man like you don't have any other emotion or like when when um i feel like there's like shallow talkers or people that i can't get deeper with i'm like how is, how are you always overcoming that problem? And you always come out on top or how is it that you like, it's, it's toxic positivity. Have Mm. you ever, have you ever had that before? Someone who just kind of remains kind of very surface with a lot of their conversations and like, you're never able to kind of like, it's like, wait you've never had a moment of weakness or like, like you, you didn't have a solution. Oh, you had another solution to that. It's like, like, I don't know. There's just something about people failing that, Helps me connect more with them and it's not like this like schadenfreude kind of like I want to see you fail And I get joy out of that But I think it's more like it's just because that's what happens in life Like we do fail and that's how we build ourselves up Mm -hmm. same thing like going on a micro level like as a trainer Like in the gym you actually get stronger with failure. Correct. Right. So if you didn't fail if you never failed in the gym You're probably not getting stronger ever.
0: Right, right So it's it's what it teaches you. Yeah.
1: And so it's just, it's something where I'm like, is it just because you're not pushing yourself hard enough? Are you not being honest with me? Is that why things are always going your way and you're Mm -hmm. always happy? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not telling someone like, you need to cry on my shoulder and I have to see that emotion. But I'm like, man, like, I want to just, I want to know more about you, you know? Yeah.
0: Being honest. like, there's also being overly vulnerable, which is not where you want to go either. Like I've, and that's a different topic. Like we, I've, I've heard that too, where you're like oversharing, like over going into it. Right. Sure. Um, and that's for the wrong reasons too. So yeah, it's not like, you know, you're crying every day it's like, oh man, this is who I am. Accept it. It's like, <laughs> sure. you know, keep it in balance, but, um, I'm with you and it just allows for an actual, uh, understanding and I think just empathy towards the person and, we all go through failures. We all have these problems. And again, it's a human experience. So I just think everything, everything you kind of want is, is available through expressing vulnerability and just being real and leading with who you are as an individual bottom line. So I feel like when you say
1: bottom line, we're done. Yeah. I think we got everything. (laughs) That was good.
0: Was that the close? No.
1: Yeah. No, it's, but that really is, I, I agree with everything we kind of talked about there. Uh, be vulnerable, open up, and if anything, I think surround yourself with a community of people that you think have the same values as you, right? And accept you uh, for who you are. What, what, if,
0: what, if I, what if I did a quote to end in this podcast? Um,
1: yeah, I'm not going to stop you. Better be good, though.
0: All right, I'm going to read a quote from, <laughs> from <laughs> Brene Brown. Hey, Brene. Uh, she's obviously the, you know, the, the leading expert on this stuff. So mm-hmm. to close this out, uh, as I was doing my research even last night, she goes, true belonging is the spiritual practice of believing in and belonging to yourself so deeply that you can share your most authentic self with the world and find sacredness in both being a part of something and standing alone in the wilderness. True belonging doesn't require you to change who you are. It requires you to be who you are. There you go. That was great, man.
1: You read it well. Thank you. I think she would have been happy with the way that you read that. That's what
0: it's about, though, right? And when you think about it being a part of something but also standing alone, right, because you, you have enough respect for yourself and who you are that you're okay with being alone for certain parts of this, understanding that and not accepting the inauthenticity to come into your life, you know, for the sake of not being alone for a moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So remember that. Um, but yeah, man, I enjoyed this talk. It's good. Good stuff. Yeah.
1: Be open, be
0: vulnerable, Joe. You great. You're just great. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you next time on the breakdown. Stay tuned for more content. And if you enjoyed this episode, as always, please be sure, be sure to, um, you know, share this with friends, family, anybody who needs to hear it. And, uh, You know, have some good conversations around this stuff. So, all right, we'll see you next time. Take care.